It's May the 10th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Thank you for being part of this journey through the Word of God. We got on the Bible bus on January the 1st, and by God's grace, we're going to hop off the Bible bus on December the 31st at the end of the book of Revelation. Now, here we are, early days of the month of May. We're deep in the book of 2 Samuel. Remember the simple outline I gave you for this wonderful book. It's all about David, his rise, his sin, his trouble, his end. Today, we're going to come to the end of the trouble portion of this book. When last we read together, David's just learned that his beloved son Absalom, who had led a rebellion against him, Absalom is dead. David's heart is broken. Now we pick up the story. 2 Samuel 19, and we pray, Lord, as always, please open the eyes of our heart that we might behold wonderful things from your word. 2 Samuel 19, it was reported to Joab, the king is weeping. He's mourning over Absalom. That day's victory was turned into mourning for all the troops. Because on that day, the troops heard the king is grieving over his son. So they returned to the city quietly that day like troops coming in when they are humiliated after fleeing in battle. But the king covered his face and cried loudly, My son Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went into the house to the king and said, Today you have shamed all your soldiers, those who saved your life, as well as your sons, your wives, and your concubines, by loving your enemies and hating those who love you. Today you have made it clear that the commanders and soldiers mean nothing to you. In fact, today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead, it would be fine with you. Now get up, go out and encourage your, your soldiers. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will remain with you tonight. This will be worse for you than all the trouble that has come to you from your youth until now. So the king got up and sat in the city gate and all the people were told, look, the king is sitting in the city gate. Then they all came into the king's presence. Meanwhile, each Israelite had fled to his tent. People throughout all the tribes of Israel were arguing among themselves, saying, The king rescued us from the grasp of our enemies, and he saved us from the grasp of the Philistines. But now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. But Absalom, the man we anointed over us, has died in battle. So why do you say nothing about restoring the king? King David sent word to the priests, Zadok and Abiathar, say to the elders of Judah, why should you be the last to restore the king to his palace? The talk of all Israel has reached the king at his house. You are my brothers, my flesh and blood. So why should you be the last to restore the king? And tell Amasa, aren't you my flesh and blood? May God punish me and do so severely if you don't become the commander of my army from now on instead of Joab. So he won over all the men of Judah and they unanimously sent word to the king, Come back, you and all your servants. Then the king returned. When he arrived at the Jordan, Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king and to escort him across the Jordan. Shimei, son of Gerah, the Benjaminite from Baharun, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men from Benjamin with him, Zeba, an attendant from the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and twenty servants, also rushed down to the Jordan ahead of the king. They forded the Jordan to bring the king's household across and do whatever the king desired. But Shimei, son of Gerah, 
crossed the Jordan, he fell face down before the king and said to him, My Lord, don't hold me guilty and don't remember your servant's wrongdoing. On the day my lord the king left Jerusalem, may the king not take it to heart, for your servant knows that I have sinned. But look, today I am the first one of the entire house of Joseph to come down and meet my lord the king. Abishai, son of Zeruah, asked, Shouldn't Shimei be put to death for this? Because he cursed the Lord's anointed. David answered, Sons of Zeruah, do we agree on anything? Have you become my adversary today? Should any man be killed in Israel today? Am I not aware that today I am king over Israel? So the king said to Shimei, You will not die. Then the king gave him his oath. Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet, trimmed his mustache, or washed his clothes from the day the king left until the day he returned safely. When he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, Mephibosheth, why didn't you come with me? My lord the king, he replied, my servant Ziba betrayed me. Actually, your servant said, I'll saddle the donkey for myself so that I may ride it and go with the king, for your servant is lame. Ziba slandered your servant to my lord the king, but my lord the king is like the angel of God. Do whatever you think best. From my grandfather's entire family deserves death from my lord the king, but you set your servant among those who eat at your table. So, what further right do I have to keep on making appeals to the king? The king said to him, Why keep on speaking about these matters of yours? I hereby declare you and Ziba are to divide the land. Mephibosheth said to the king, Instead, since my lord the king has come to his palace safely, let Ziba take it all. Barzillai, the Gileadite had come down from Rogalim and accompanied the king to the Jordan River to see him off at the Jordan. Barzillai was a very old man, 80 years old, and since he was a very wealthy man, he had provided for the needs of the king while he stayed at Mahanaim. The king said to Barzillai, Cross over with me, and I'll provide for you at my side in Jerusalem. Barzillai said to the king, How many years of my life are left that I should go up to Jerusalem with the king? I am now 80 years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or drinks? Can I still hear the voice of male and female singers? Why should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Since your servant is only going with the king a little way across the Jordan, why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return so that I may die in my own city near the tomb of my father and mother. But here is your servant Jimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king. Do for him what seems good to you. The king replied, Shimham will cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Whatever you desire from me, I will do for you. So all the people crossed the Jordan. Then the king crossed. The king kissed Barzillai and blessed him. Barzillai returned to his home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Shimham went with him. All the troops of Jordan and half of Israel escorted the king suddenly. All the men of Israel came to the king. They asked him, Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, take you away secretly and transport the king and his household across the Jordan, along with all of David's men? All the men of Judah responded to the men of Israel, Because the king is our relative. Why does this make you angry? Have we ever eaten anything of the king's or been honored at all? The men of Israel answered the men of Judah, We have ten shares in the king. So we have a greater claim to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Weren't we the first to speak of restoring our king? But the words of the men of Judah were harsher than those of the men 
of Israel. Second Samuel chapter 20. Now, a wicked man, a Benjaminite named Sheba, son of Bichri, happened to be there. He blew the ram's horn and shouted, We have no portion in David, no inheritance in Jesse's son, each man to his tent, Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah from the Jordan, all the way to Jerusalem, remained loyal to their king. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he had left to take care of the palace and placed them under guard. He provided them, but he was not intimate with them. They were confined until the day of their death, living as widows. The king said to Amasa, Summon the men of Judah to me within three days and be here yourself. Amasa went to summon Judah, but he took longer than the time allotted him. So David said to Abishai, Sheba, son of Bichri, will do more harm to us than Absalom. Take your Lord's soldiers and pursue him, or he will find fortified cities and elude us. So Joab's men, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and all the warriors marched out under Abishai's command. They left Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. They were at the great stone in Gibeah when Amasa joined them. Joab was wearing his uniform, and over it was a belt around his waist with a, short, with a sword in its sheath. As he approached, the sword fell out. Joab asked Amasa, Are you well, my brother? Then with his right hand, Joab grabbed Amasa by the beard to kiss him. Amasa was not on guard against the sword in Joab's hand. Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it and spilled his intestines out on the ground. Joab did not stab him again, and Amasa died. Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba son of Bichri, one of Joab's young men, and stood over Amasa, saying, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. Now, Amasa had been writhing in his blood in the middle of the highway, and the men had seen all, and the men had seen that all the troops stopped. So he so he moved Amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him, because he realized that all those who encountered Amasa were stopping. When he was removed from the highway, all the men passed by and followed Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to, Ab- uh, to Abel of Beth Maacah. All the Berites came together and followed him. Joab's troops came and besieged Sheba and Abel of Beth Maacah. They built a siege ramp against the outer wall of the city. While all the troops with Joab were battering the wall to make it collapse, A wise woman called out from the city, Listen, listen, please tell Joab to come here and let me speak with him. When he had come near her, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. Listen to the words of your servant, she said to him. He answered, I'm listening. She said, In the past, they used to say, Seek counsel and able. That's how they settle disputes. I am one of the peaceful and faithful in Israel, but you're trying to destroy a city that is like a mother in Israel. Why would you devour the Lord's inheritance? Joab protested, never, I would never devour or demolish. That is not the case. There is a man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has rebelled against King David. Deliver this one man, and I will withdraw from the city. The woman replied to Joab, watch, his head will be thrown over the wall to you. The woman went to all the people with her wise counsel, and they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bichri, and threw it to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn. They dispersed from the city, each to his own tent. Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. Joab commanded the whole army of Israel. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and Pelethites. Adoram was over forced labor. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was court historian. Shiva was court secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. And in addition, 
Ira the Jairite was David's priest. 2 Samuel 21. During David's reign, there was a famine for three consecutive years. So David inquired of the Lord. The Lord answered, It is due to Saul and to his bloody family, because he killed the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were not Israelites, but rather a remnant of the Amorites. The Israelites had taken an oath concerning them, but Saul had tried to kill them in his zeal for the Israelites and Judah. So David summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. He asked the Gibeonites, What should I do for you? How can I make atonement so that you will bring a blessing on the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites said to him, We are not asking for gold or silver, silver or gold for Saul or his family, and we cannot put anyone to death in Israel. Whatever you say, I will do for you, he said. They replied to the king, As for the man who annihilated us and plotted to destroy us, so we would not exist within the whole territory of Israel. Let seven of his male descendants be handed over to us so we may hang them in the presence of the Lord at Gibeah of Saul, the Lord's chosen. The king answered, I will hand them over. David spared Mephibosheth, the son of Saul's son, Jonathan, because of the oath of the Lord that was between David and Jonathan, Saul's son. But the king took Armani and Mephibosheth, who were the two sons, whom Rizpah, son of Ai, had borne to Saul, and of the five sons, whom Merab, uh, daughter of Saul, had borne to Adriel, son of Barzillai, the Meholathite, and handed them over to the Gibeonites. They hanged them on the hill in the presence of the Lord. The seven of them died together. They were executed in the first days of the harvest at the beginning of the barley harvest. Rizpah, Ai's daughter, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on the rock, from the beginning of the harvest until the rain poured down from heaven on the bodies. She kept the birds of the sky from them by day and the wild animals by night. When it was reported to David what Saul's concubine Rizpah, daughter of Ai, had done, he went and got the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh Gilead. They had stolen them from the public square of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hung the bodies the day the Philistines killed Saul at Gilboa. David had the bones brought from there. They gathered up the bones of Saul's family who had been hanged, burned the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan at Zelah in the land of Benjamin in the tomb of Saul's father Kish. They did everything the king commanded. After this, God was receptive to prayer for the land. The Philistines again waged war against Israel. David went down with his soldiers and they fought against the Philistines, but David became exhausted. Then Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of the giant whose bronze spear weighed about eight pounds and who wore new armor intended to kill David. But Abishai, Abishai, son of Zeruah, came to his aid, struck the Philistine, and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, You must never again go out with us to battle. You must not extinguish the lamp of Israel. After this, there was another battle with the Philistines at Gob. At that time, Shibakai the Hushathite killed Saph, who was one of the descendants of the giant. Once again, there was a battle with the Philistines at Gob and Elhanan, son of Jairah, Oregon, the Bethlehemite, killed Goliath of Gath. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. At Gath, there was still another battle. A huge man was there, with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all. He too was descended from the giant. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of David's brother, Shimei, killed him. These four were descended from the giant in Gath, 
and were killed by David and his soldiers. 1 Samuel 22. David spoke the words of this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from the grasp of all of his enemies and from the grasp of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock where I seek refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. You saved me from violence. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. For the ways of death engulfed me, the torrents of destruction terrified me, the ropes of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress. I called to my God. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry for help reached his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the heavens trembled. They shook because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils, and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He bent the heavens and came down, total darkness beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness a canopy around him, a gathering of water and thick clouds. From the radiance of his presence, blazing coals were ignited. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot arrows and scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and rattled them. The depths of the sea became visible. The foundations of the world were exposed at the rebuke of the Lord, at the breath of his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. He repaid me according to the cleanness of my hands, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not turned from my God to wickedness. Indeed, I let all his ordinances guide me and have not disregarded his statute. I was blameless before him and kept myself from my iniquity. So the Lord repaid me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the faithful, you prove yourself faithful. With the blameless, you prove yourself blameless. With the pure, you prove yourself pure. But with the crooked, you prove yourself shrewd. You rescue an oppressed people, but your eyes are set against the proud. You humble them. Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord illuminates my darkness. With you, I can attack a barricade. With my God, I can leap over a wall. God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is a rock? Only our God. God is my strong refuge. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me securely on the heights. He trains my hands for war. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your help exalts me. You make a spacious place beneath me for my steps, and my ankles do not give way. I pursue my enemies and destroy them. I do not turn back until they are wiped out. I wipe them out and crush them, and they do not rise. They fall beneath my feet. You have clothed me with strength for battle. You subdue my adversaries beneath me. You have made my enemies retreat before me. I annihilate those who hate me. They look, but there is no one to save them. They look to the Lord, but he does not answer them. 
I pulverized them like dust of the earth. I crushed them and trampled them like mud in the streets. You have feed me from you have freed me from the feuds among my people. You have preserved me as head of nations. A people I had not known serve me. Foreigners submit to me, cringing. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners lose heart and come trembling from their fortifications. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. God, the God of my salvation, is exalted. God, he grants me vengeance and casts down peoples under me. He frees me from my enemies. You exalt me above my adversaries. You rescue me from violent men. Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, Lord. I will sing praises about your name. He is a tower of salvation for his king. He shows loyalty to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. To come almost now to the end of David's story. There's just a little more left. David's an old man. One part of the reading said he went out into battle, but he was exhausted. Battle for the soldier. That's a young man's game. The old man really doesn't have a place out there. It's too dangerous. That's why they didn't want David out there in the middle of the battle. Here at the end of his life. You know, I read this story. I think about all that we've read, not just today, but the last few days. One thing that's been consistent about David from the beginning until now, for all his faults, and it's recorded in the Bible, there's some trickeration going on and some deceiving of other people going on. It's all recorded there. We can read it. But this much is true. David always loved his enemies. David was quick to forgive. David was quick to forget when he needed to forget. He was quick to show love to Saul, to his family, to his descendants, Mephibosheth. David, even when Shimei was cursing him, he wouldn't, when he had a chance, after, after all that was over and he had a chance to pursue me out of death, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Why? Because he had a great God. He had a great God. How big is your God? Friends, if we're going to make it through today, we need David's God. We need the big God of the Bible. So let us then do as David did. Let us say, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Blessed be the God of my salvation. Go out, friends, and have a wonderful day because we serve a wonderful, almighty, sovereign God. And in the knowledge that that God is our God, David's God is our God, go out and have a wonderful day serving the Lord. Come back tomorrow. We're going to come to the end of Second Samuel. God bless. See you then.